right in front of me and I can honestly tell him that I'm going to knock him spark out. Leaping right hand by the Prince. Ooh. And a hard left. And Kelly's down for the third time. Hello and welcome to Off The Ball On Off The Ball. I'm Ronan Mullins, joined as ever by Andy Lee. Andy, how are things? Dan Ronan. How are you? Not too bad. Uh, mixed weekend of fortunes for Limerick Sport there. Uh, you and Paddy were at the game in Crow Park. That's right, yeah. We went off and oh, we were disagreeing. We were sickened leaving the place. But we had a good day, all the same. And fair play to Kilkenny. Yeah. Would Paddy be a big GA man, or is he? Yeah, he, he was well into it. Like, he was, he was educating me on the game. So I wouldn't read that up on it. But, uh... Yeah, and coincidentally, we ended up, we ended up sitting next to Eddie Brennan, a right. Kilkenny player, so we bit a crack with him and his young lad. Um, but yeah, it was, it was they left it too late, didn't they? Give too big of a start, and then yeah. uh, too many wides. <clears throat> Could have got it back in the end, but they learned from it. There, yeah, it was huge learning. Yeah, that was the main fight for those guys. Like probably a more a more talented team, and yet just Laura was talking about coaching on this show and Brian Cody. Like it was a masterclass with probably lesser. Weapons and he still managed to grind out the win. So like just all, to give away like like uh, free in, like to give away too many free too many fouls at the start and then they were eight points down before they even got going. You know what I mean? Then it was just yeah. like it's always going to be a battle against a good team like that. TJ Reid was very good. He's unbelievable. Yeah, um, it was a big boost for uh, for Limerick on Monday. Greg won Love <laughs> Island. So uh, you were clued in on that as well, were you? I actually got into it. Yeah. Did you really? So, yeah, the last few weeks. Fair play. Um, because of him. Uh, initially through Tommy Fury my wife was watching oh, it. so Tommy then you start Fury. having a look at Tommy and see what he's doing and uh, I thought he was going to win it to tell you the truth but I don't think people like money made too much <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's good for him well she won it didn't she really yeah. did you watch it not really no Joe Malloy's the man out there to um... yeah Owen and Sue they're like they were, they were trying to convince me to do an off the off the off the island I guess and I was <laughs> off the, we did off the wall but uh, no that's Game of Thrones was a was a, enough as far as I go. Yeah, and just on the hurling, like it's another weekend where you kind of reminded how savage that sport is. Like it's just. Uh, mm. Did you ever get any of the American lads when you were living in Detroit? Did they ever lay eyes on it? Or no, not really. And it was even hard to get there because it wouldn't be much shown. You know what I mean? Mm. Unless you were watching it on streams or that. But no, um, but it is, I'm only getting really into it now. And yeah. it's just this. I love everything about it really the, obviously the match the speed and the play and the skill involved the passion but also like kind of the atmosphere in the, when you're sitting there in the stands it's like nothing else it's like it's just you know a kind of communal and the respect between the opposing fans and the crack and just watching you know when your team score everyone rise up together yeah. and like it's, we're all in this together and then the other team jump up you know and they score get a point it's I, I really enjoy it I'm sorry it's over for Limerick this year but had to be back. They'll yeah, be back. Definitely. Um, speaking of big occasions, big weekend of on the Irish boxing calendar this week, Michael Conlon set to pack out the Falls Park in Belfast on Saturday. We'll hear from Michael shortly. Uh, before that, Andy, a lot has happened since we were last on this show, and I know you've said your piece a lot on Off the Ball, but um, like just uh, headline after headline, not all of them good, hardly any of them good, in fact. And, uh, I know, there's, a, there's actually like a... A good shout was just start recording live. You know what I mean? <laughs> because boxing is changing so quick. Yeah. And by the time we record, it's outdated. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah. Like unfortunately, there's been two deaths since we last recorded. Um, and also, I read this morning that Jose Luis Castillo, his son, has actually gone into hospital after injuries from sparring. So it just shows you it's a reminder of you know how dangerous this spot is how perilous it is and uh, you know it's it's one that I don't know that's like it, it was funny how the two things coincided the, the, the rumours on, on like of Didion White's test and these two deaths and now one guy who's in hospital mm. 
and it all happened in the same week weekend and uh, the two things go hand in hand you know and they kind of counteract each other don't they you know like boxing has always been a dangerous sport there's always been deaths in it but now like and there probably has always been drug abuse or PDs you know and now the two things are kind of playing hand in hand that there has to be action taken yeah. to cut out the PDs because it is endangering lives more, more so than ever mm. already a dangerous sport and now it doesn't need any more so I don't know what's the latest on the Dillian White situation because it's been kind of gone quiet hasn't it yeah well I saw a draft of a statement that he was about to release and under legal advice he was told not to release it's just too, too many details and it's still such an ongoing thing but the detail in Thomas Hauser's piece like White takes issue with a lot of that, but the, spe- or the specifics of what he's taking issue with still not quite clear. So it's whether, is he admitting he took something under TUE? Or, like, there's probably specifics here we're not enlightened about, but the optics of it, as you said, in the week that was in it, and him having accused so many of his compatriots in the division of... And we've dope. been championing, he's like, we've had him more disappointed than anyone, because we've been championing Dillian White for so long, you know? Um, he's been a real old school throwback fighter fighting everyone he can get until he gets a shot you know but it will, it will be a big blow for boxing if, it, if it's confirmed that he failed mm. um, but we'll wait and see like yeah and the WBC have come out and said that if things play out as they're being as we're being led to believe that the result of the fight won't uh, entitle White to the WBC mandatory position, which is what he's been campaigning for for so long. So even if there is some nuance in this, or even if it's not as black and white as it's being made out, it could still jeopardise his future earnings and his future prospects. So it's the, just the, been the a most, bad week for him. I don't know, like uh, it's been said before, but the, the one of the most worrying parts of it is that they knew b- before the fight yeah. and Rivas wasn't... You know, informed, or his camp wasn't informed. How would you feel if you weren't told? <laughs> I'd be crying blue murder, would you? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Especially, like, especially how you saw how the fight played out, that Rivas was pressing and, and being, like, and knocked him down and he was able to recover. All of those things would be playing on your mind. Mm. You'd be, like, even if it's ruled in no contest, it, it's still a blight on your record, isn't it? The fact that it actually went ahead and happened. Yeah. I think it'll still stand in people's minds that, oh, you did lose that fight, no matter what. David Price is a prime example of this, like the mental losses in his record that should be nulled or just forgotten about, but there's still losses on his record. So how could that not psychologically affect someone just to be compiling losses and then finding out that the person... How do you go on, and how do you go on, like, trusting an opponent or a promoter? Oh, you know, all boxing at that sense. Like, it's... It would, I don't know. Like when I had that whole, um, how can I, episode with Chavez, you know, just, yeah. you can become disillusioned with the sport, you know? Yeah. Really do. Like, you know that they can do what they want and you're just a pawn. You're, you mean nothing. Mm. You know, as a fighter, the fighter is the last one. Uh, in the list of people who, who matter, promoter, like manager, trainer, all the TV executives, the fighter's at the bottom. Mm. And, it's a sorry, sorry, it's a sorry state of boxing. Yeah, and like the last week has kind of brought back to the fore. It's something that should be so obvious, but the jeopardy of the whole thing and how dangerous it is. Like you were talking to Owen last week, was it the Peter Quillen fight you were talking about, mm. where you just had like there's a black spot in the middle of that fight, just the, the brutal nature <laughs> know, of it. Yeah, and I haven't really watched the fight fully, so I don't know. Like, you just try to. St- I don't know. Sometimes something about you want to just. Keep away from it. I yeah. just, you know, put it off. I'll watch it maybe in ten years. Maybe I'll never watch yeah. it. Who knows? But um, yeah, just that, and I'm, I'm sure I've seen it in other fights too, where they're just not there. You know, I think um, I can't remember what fight it was. Was it Joseph Parker against Dillian White, where he was dropped or hurt early in yeah. the fight? I could see that he wasn't fully there. You know, that it wasn't until later on in the fight that he actually regained his. I mean, then he nearly won and put him and stopped Dillian White in the last round, but. Yeah, it's it's worrying, <laughs> but like I, and I spoke about last week about fighters being too brave and um, the shame of quitting, and how maybe it's not the best thing, but I've 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 done it myself. Never wanted to pull out. Always wanted to fight to the end. And I think you kind of have to have that. And I think it's in the coaches. Then it's the coach's job to not to notice and and pull the fight and take take control. Like. 
It's, it's interesting because Tevin Farmer fought this week. Some said it was a boring fight. I actually enjoyed it. Before. I actually yeah. enjoyed it. I thought I, I liked his skill, I liked his speed, I and mean, he's kind of ring craft. And then he tweeted, you know, it was, I think it was in response to Mike Coppinger saying Tevin Farmer was in a boring fight, blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, no, not a boring fight. I got out of there, didn't take it. Oh, he said, he questioned it like, you mean entertaining as in yeah. taking more punches and throwing more punches? And then ended up hurt like those other two guys this weekend. He yeah. said he went home. And that's, an, that's, that's a smart attitude in, in a way. You know, yeah, it's a smart attitude. I loved his responses. Mm. Mike Coppinger, I have to tweet here, basically, was talking to Lou DiBella, and Lou DiBella said it was a good performance, but he'll have to talk to his fighter about being more entertaining. And as you said, Farmer came back and said, just to be another fighter to suffer from brain injuries and possibly die, just so I can be forgotten about a few months later. Came home to my family unmarked and well, God bless. And like, I love that That's response. That's a great response, yeah. And he had the Pernell Whitaker uh, initials, our name on his trunks, and people, we were eulogising about Whitaker hit, not get hit, sweet science. Then Farmer goes out and puts on a clinic against the guy, his manager challenger, and didn't lay it loving him hardly, so... I don't he's, know. He's shown his level, and one thing about Farmer is that he's fighting act- regularly, you know, he's active. It's a great thing for a champion, you know, that he'll pick up so much things and do things instinctively because he's fighting and fighting on a regular basis and he's like sharpening all the time, you know. Yeah. I really enjoyed his performance of what he like he controlled from uh, from start to finish and uh just shows how he's going through the levels now, you know? Yeah. Um, and uh, the last piece of news since we were last on, we, you were speaking to Jason Quigley on Thursday and it was really well received. It's rare you see an elite athlete or a high level sporting athlete like that come out and be so upfront about adversity and like you're able to lend your own past experiences and it just came across really well that if um, this defeat might stand to him, just uh, mm. he might iron out the kinks and even from a psychological point of view, he's probably better braced for these kind of challenges. Yeah, and I think he's quite positive, isn't he? Um, um, and I think he was, during that interview, he's still in the in the midst of unpacking it, you know, and seeing how he feels about it, because I don't think he's had fully come to, t- come to terms or looked at it yet. But we'll see how he goes now, you know, it's, it's a crucial time in his career, what he does next. Um, Is it better to, to get straight back in there or take a bit of time? To. No, you want to get, yeah, definitely better to get back in there, but... Unfortunately, the way boxing is, sometimes it takes a long time. Now he's been stopped, so he's going to have to take at least whatever it is. Some states is 28 days where you don't even have a spar. Yeah. So he'll have to take a month off. And then he'll have to organize his next fight and get back, you know. But he's, he, he, I'm just following on social media. He's back training in the gym, doing weights and stuff, and cardio. So it looks like he's still got the hunger, um, but he just needs to... Like, it is, it's so important. In some ways, it'd be like he needs to come back. It'd be nice if he can come back in a big fight, but it won't be enough for him and for people in the public side until he actually maybe avenges the loss or goes on to win a world title. That he won't. This, this, like, there's always going to be that question mark over him. Mm. So it's 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 a big time for him. Yeah, and it's a tough time for him. But like, if any if anyone can come through, it, he can. I've shown that it can be done. So yeah. And the Brian Vera fight, which you spoke about with him last week, would you have jumped right back in with him in the next fight? Yeah. Was that the side? We tried everything we could to get him, but he went on, he fought Kirkland, and he fought he fought several big names and got well paid. Even though we were paying him probably as much money, but um, he didn't want it. Like, he, he, got, he got, got one over me. And in some ways, I respected that. You know, that he's, you know, you beat me fair and square. He's going to cash go, his ticket. Go, go ahead and... and, and and even though we did, we kept trying to get him back, and I would, I couldn't rest easy until I got him, got him mm. back in the ring. Yeah. So hopefully, Jason, if that if he's that way inclined, we'll get that rematch with Johnson at some stage down the line. Um, as I mentioned earlier, getting set for one of the biggest Irish fight nights of recent times as Michael Conlon takes on Diego Alberto Ruiz at the Falls Park on Saturday night. I caught up with Michael earlier this week and started by asking him how camp has gone for this one. All done, all done. Thank God. Um, it was fantastic. Um, it went really, really well, and I'm, I'm I'm happy it's over. But you know, it was it was probably my most enjoyable one yet. And you've had some really special nights already, Michael. Needless to say, Madison Square Garden, even back in Belfast. But just looking at yeah. the way the fail is going to come together and the spectacle of the whole thing, it must be just an added layer of excitement. This must have been the kind of night you were dreaming of bringing back to Belfast when you turned pro. 
And listen, these are these are the nights, you know, what I'm in boxing for. Um, you know, forget everything else, forget the world titles, forget, you know, the the money, even though it's all important, yes. Um, and you definitely want it all, but you know, the atmospheres are something that you know, you can always make money again, you can always, you know, win belts, but atmospheres are very, very special and I've been very, very lucky to experience some fantastic ones so far. This one I, I, I can't even contain my excitement. I don't even know what to say at times because it's that you know it, it has excited me that much. Um, no, seeing what the kind of atmospheres I've brought to to New York and stuff, and and even at home last year, this is going to blow it out of the water, and, and, and I know it is. And the best thing about it is that you know it's in my back garden, and, yeah. and that's no joke. It's it's in West Belfast, in a it's in a park where I grew up. Um, it's not. There's, there's never been a fight of this magnitude in West Belfast. So, you know, for me to be doing that in my, in my home city and in the part of my city, uh, which is the West, is is very very special. Yeah, and Bob Arm is excited as well. He was over for the press conference. He's going to be here on Fight Week as well. Yeah. Is he is he pumped? Is he ready for Belfast? Is he ready for the atmosphere? You know what? I think it's going to blow Bob away. I don't think he'll have experienced it. He's experienced some unbelievable atmospheres, but. You know, the way I'm looking at this one is how, you know, I, I know I'm going to perform unbelievably because even like last night when I was lying about thinking about it, the excitement and stuff mm. it was going even more. Usually I start to think of the fate and stuff and and kind of ask myself questions of myself, but I have all the answers already in my head this time. It's like this has been the complete camp and the the fate and the venue and the atmosphere is going to be something I've never experienced. And I think Bob will be blown away by it, but for me, it's 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 you know it's unbelievable. Yeah, and I was just listening to an interview with Bob, and he was he described you as top of the class, head of the class. It must be a great compliment to hear that coming from him. Yeah, of course. Listen, he's he's one of the best. You know, the balance of man, and he's the best promoter of all time. Um, look who he's worked with, and look what he's done with him. So you know, I'm I'm you know very very grateful for Bob to be my promoter and. You know, for him to have took a shame to me, and you know, want want me to succeed, and, and you know, give me the kind of best career path possible. Yeah, and Adam Booth has been talking about uh, the build up and trying to keep you in line, get focused on the fight at hand. I suppose having yeah. fought in Madison Square Garden so often and those big cards, like it's kind of second nature to you at this stage. But are you able to soak up the occasion at all on the night, or are you just all business once the, the fight itself is approaching? No, you know what? That's that's one thing. I'm very grateful for and thankful for is that you know the the path I've been on already with the big atmospheres and, and the big stages. You know, world champions don't get that kind of you know excitement and and hype around fights is what have been around my fights already. So you know, a lot of people would fold under the kind of pressure, but I've been very very lucky to be experiencing it, which is hard at the same time. But it's it's I'm, I'm grateful for it. I've, I've experienced it from the start, so I know I know how to handle it. I know I know how to soak it up. But I also know how to switch back into in the fight mode as soon as I get in. And you know, it was one thing when I was lying in bed last night. I knew today was the last hard day, mm. and I started to think about the fight. And, and I was just saying, myself, "I'm really going to enjoy this. This is that's where the excitement is coming." You know, I've never ever, as a pro so far, I've never been able to, to look at something like this and, and like just be so excited. Mm. And you're coming off the back of another conclusive win against. Ruben Garcia Hernandez, were you pleased with your performance on that yeah. night? Yeah, listen, I thought it was a very, very good performance. Um, you know, I don't think that performance has been talked about much, but I think that was my best performance to date mm. against you know a, a tough opponent who you know he pushed Donner when he fought Donner a few times. You no, know, when he fought Donner, he, he gave him you know he asked a few questions of him, and Donner couldn't get him out of there in ten rounds. And you know, I think I, was almost, I almost got him out of there and as stages as I could have, but. What we were working on, me and Adam, about improving and you know wanting to be, you know, the complete article for when I do have to face, you know, the best guys in the world. This is this is kind of the the preparation I need to go through. I need to be trying the things which we're working on in the gym in an actual live fight, and, and you know that's that's what that fight was great for. And you know, I th- I thought it was very very clean. You know, it would have been fantastic if I, if I had a bloody put my foot in the gas and took him out. But you know, what it is what it is. I look back on it, I'm really happy with. It. 
Yeah, I think Andy Lee, speaking to him after that fight, he said it was probably your best performance as well. You started off that fight in southpaw stance, Michael. Is that something yeah. that's pre-planned generally, or do you just make that decision when you get your luck in the ring? You know what? I always train. I train orthodox, train southpaw, spar orthodox, spar southpaw, and you know, once I get into the ring, it's never really. I never really go. I'm going in to go southpaw yeah. here. I'll go in, and it's been something I've done since since the amateurs. You know, I I just. When I need to do it, or when I feel it's right to do it, I'll do it, mm. and it always works for me. And I, I, I'm very good at you know judging when I when I should do it and when I shouldn't do it. So I've I done a bloody in my, in my first uh, Olympic quarter final, winning the uh, winning the, winning the the bronze medal, and that was the bronze medal fight. And I turned southpaw from the first start, I think, and just went southpaw for the full fight, and you know got the victory. So I know it's uh it's a great. It's a great tool to have, which I can I can change it up at any time. Yeah, and we mentioned top rank, Michael, and the big fight that was pegged just after your last performance was yeah. Vlad Nikitin and big press conference over here and a lot of buzz given the history that was there. Yeah. Was there an element of disappointment for you that he fell off the card? I know there would have been a lot of motivation just to get that one yeah. back, but are you disappointed or what's the mood? Do you think? Y- you know, you know what. I, I wasn't at all. Um, once once it happened, I, obviously, listen, I was disappointed. I went, oh, sure, what can you do? You know what I mean? Mm. And the first thing I said was just get me a better guy and get me a higher rank guy because if I'm honest and I sit back now and I look at it, I know that you know in terms of levels, I, I'm, a, I'm a few levels ahead of, of Nikita at the minute. You know, there's a big, big gap and, and it looks stupid if you look at it on paper, but the storyline and stuff, you know, it, it kind yeah. of fitted very well and I thought the team was right for it. But now... I can't see it happening, so it's. I don't think it'll happen again, and I've made peace with it. So, you know, I I was initially disappointed for as as long as Jimmy said the sentence, and then I says get the next best guy, and we got the next best guy. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like from a narrative point of view, it would have been great, but I think everyone can agree Ruiz is a tougher opponent. Have you seen much tape on him yourself? Like, what kind of fight are you expecting on Saturday? You know what? He, he's he's aggressive. He comes forward. Maybe not as reckless as as, as Vladimir. Um, but you know he definitely is uh, a high-paced kind of fighter. So I watched. I'm going to be honest. I'll be 100 honest here. I watched 40 seconds. Of, um, is that enough? And I let. Uh, that's enough because yeah. I just let Adam and I let I let Jamie and stuff. I let them speak to him and tell me what they expect. Because if I start feeding in, they must start looking at what he's doing and, and what what I should do to they can navigate around what he's doing instead of just focusing on what I'm going to do. And you know, I think that's. That's the best way for me to look at things like this because what I've been working on in the gym and what me and Adam have been have been trying to polish up is is going to work against anybody and especially against you know someone who's aggressive like this. So you know I, I was just focusing on what we were doing and and I kept the the kind of manic training regime which we had and and you know I feel great mentally, physically. It's the best I've ever been and, and that's that's I know people say it all the time but that's that's no joke. This is the best I've felt and the most confident I've ever felt in a new fight. And yeah. that's not overlooking anybody at mm. the same time. That's that's just in my own ability and what I'm going to do. If I'm honest, I feel invincible. Right. And you alluded to the, the tough camp and last time you were on speaking to Andy and you, both of you made some really interesting points about what it's like to be an Adam Booth fighter that sometimes it feels like going back to school because he's, he's quite strict yeah. and he, he's got that sort of vibe going on. 18 months into that relationship now, Mick... Like how is what's it like now? Do you feel like you're settled as an Adam Booth fighter? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's that's why this has been probably the most enjoyable one yet. Over the last six months, I would say, even before the last fight, coming into the last fight and then throughout this whole training. That this one this one has been I've been I've been in training for this fight since I think April eighth. So I, it's, it's basically four months um of non stop kind of work and improvement and learning every day. But it's been so enjoyable because I feel me and Adam have kind of came full circle. We know each other inside right now. We know what I'm good at. We know what you know what works for me, what doesn't work for me. Um, how to motivate me, how not to motivate me, and things like that. You know all those small things. I think it's all came full circle, and, and we just this this kind of this last six months, I kind of we went up new gears. I feel like I'm, I'm a new kind of a new me. Mm. And. He's got this such it's such a unique style that Alan Booth coaches this high twitch sort of style. Yeah. Have you been working on anything specific in this camp, or has it just been more sharpening the tools? Is there any one thing he's been trying to work on with you? We're completing the whole the whole the, the whole lot, the whole course. You know, we they got a the everything man say game was was worked on mm. 
a good lad in this camp because if it was facing Vladimir Nikitin, I know they would have expected me to uh, to run and, and try to well, box. They would have expected me to box or they would call it running, um, which was not the case. I was going to face him head on and uh, I would have wiped them out with them four rounds. So that was that was kind of the plan for that one, but you know, it won't be the same for this guy. You know, it's it's going to be a lot, a lot more smarter. Yeah. But my NCA game has improved an awful lot. My body work has improved an awful lot. Even though I felt it was very good, you know, from work living in LA and training over there, and you know, I think that helped kind of improve that side of the game. But we're kind of fine tuning everything now. Yeah, and you've kind of touched on it already, but just Nikitin from his point of view. Like a win over Ruiz kind of puts you a street clear in the Keaton. Is that a fight you think is ever going to happen, or are you happy just to park that now and move on with your own career? I'm happy to park it, you know, if I'm honest. I don't think it'll happen. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen no, you know, uh, medical proof that he really did injure his arm. Mm. Um, so, you know, I don't know. Do you think he bottled he it? Or not. But he, well, he, listen, I don't know. He could, he, it's a possibility, but he was getting paid a lot of money, so it kind of makes me doubt that he did. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, I know from my own father, he was in, he was in the European Games with uh, the Russian team, and he spoke to one of the coaches, and the coach had said, oh, Vladimir called, and... and uh, <laughs> He asked, how did, I, how did I beat Conlon? And he says, uh, Vladimir, you, you just need to learn how to take a beating for 10 rounds. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, it's, uh, it's it was a funny one, but, you know, uh, I'll park it. Listen, if, if the opportunity arose and I was world champion and, and you know, Vladimir built his way up mm. and was able to fight me for, for uh, they able to defend the world head against him, that would be fantastic. I'd love that, but as a man, I can't see it happening. Yeah, and in your last performance, it, it definitely looked like you were warming into the featherweight division a lot, and there had been a bit of talk coming out of the camp about yeah. maybe getting a move to Super Bantam. What's your thoughts yeah. on that now? Are you set as a featherweight for the foreseeable future? It's still a possibility. All right. um, it's still something we've been speaking about. Um, this fight was, was first made a featherweight, so there was no point of uh, dropping it down as a rebondingweight. If it was, if it, because Nikitin was not moved down as a rebondingweight, was the reason we're not right. a super rebondingweight for this one. Um but, you know, it's definitely still a possibility and something we'll look at. But even at that, the featherweight as well, I, I, I'm, I'm open to options. Um, I believe I'll be world champion, whether it's featherweight or superweight. Within the next 12 months, I'll be a world champion. Mm. And there's some very good fighters that weight. Obviously, Josh Warrington in this part of the world, Oscar Valdez yeah. with top rank as well. How far away, you've kind of put a clock on it there yourself, but are you... In the next couple of fights, would you be happy enough to jump in with them? Or even now, if Adam Booth would let you, would you be confident to jump in with the likes of Warrington and, and back your chances? After, after this last this last six months we have been training, as I said, I believe right now I'd be down to world champion. That's a big statement. 100%. But yeah. I believe it. And, and you know, listen, people, people will doubt you and people will talk, you know, on, on social media and criticize you for having opinions but you know I believe in the work what I've been doing and, and the improvements I've been making in the gym every single day mm. and and kind of how how much more professional I became over the last the last six months yeah. um, has given me that kind of confidence and, and kind of belief like I kind of had in the amateurs the whole time um, it's kind of given me that again and, and, and I do truly believe that you know, I, I, if it was August 4 and I was faced as any world champion I would win yeah, and has there been much talk? I know you're not overlooking any of your uh, any of your upcoming fights or any of your upcoming plans, rather. But has there been any talk from Bob about a potential route for you, or are you just kind of taking each fight as it comes at the moment? Ah, uh, well, there's been talks behind, behind the scenes, but there's not much I can I can really uh, say at the minute. But there is there is talks and routes which was planned out. Mm. And a stable mate of yours now, Carl Frampton, is with Tom Park as well, and there's been. Yeah, there's kind of been a route laid out for him to maybe fight Valdez. How do you think those two match up? Yeah. Um, you know what? It's a, it's a great fight because I don't believe Carl is the same Carl who was there a few years ago when he when he was the unified world champion. But Carl's still a world champion, world level fighter. Like he's not. He, if he fought Valdez, he would have every chance of winning. Hmm. Um, with Oscar, at the same time, I believe Oscar is is talking about moving up because he feels like he's. He's struggling to make weight, it seems. Yeah. Um, but he will stay for the Frampton or Warrington fight I was reading. So 
Um, listen, I've, I've seen in the, his last Oscar's last few performances, and I was a gym leader Oscar, and I seen that, what he was like in the gym and how good of a fighter he actually is, and he's a fantastic fighter. But I did say now the last few performances I've seen him, it looks like he's taken a bit too much out of himself when he's in there because I've seen the guy spark people out in in sparring, and and then he's going in with Aaron Slauson and, and going the distance. So you know, it's uh, I, I he 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 definitely must be you know fighting hard to make one twenty six. Mm. You've been great with your time, Mick. Just before I let you go out, boxing yeah. generally, it's been a tough few days just with the, the tragedies yeah. in the ring and drugs coming back to the fore like in a few different places. Like, Does this make you take stock when these kind of things happen? Like, What's your, um, what's your thinking on, on the last week? Really? You know what? It's been, it's, been a, it's been a bad week for boxing, if I'm honest. Um, and usually like, I would probably think about things, I guess, and like, start to think and go, listen, I have a young young family um two kids and stuff so and and a partner so you know you got to think you know what am i doing this getting the ring for and you know is it really worth the risks but how i've kind of navigated myself around it is i've looked at it and said well listen how much guys know the jobs how much fishermen how much taxi men how much mm. every all these other people how much how much are these guys die on the job per day you know what i mean yeah. there's, there's an awful lot so um, boxing, I think it's what now with the last two, it's it's twelve deaths in ten years. So, um, it's it's not something which is very very regular, but it has been regular over the last the last week. Um, yeah. And then you get the 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 doping stuff, and and it's very very sad. It pisses me off because I do believe a lot of a lot of a lot of fighters are doping. Mm. I, if I'm honest, I do believe that. But you know the fact that. When you when it comes out and stuff, it scares you even more because that that puts you at risk even more. And you know when you have a, a family and you have friends, and you, you, you're you're like I'm not the type of guy who says I'm going to die in the ring because that's not something I want to do. Yeah. You know I'm I'm willing to die in the ring. It's not. Um, what I do boxing for is my job. Yes. Um, I'm very good at. It. I can earn a good living from it, but I'm not hanging around it too long like a lot of guys. Yeah, and on the issue of doping. Like Eric Donovan and a few other people have said they were tested around the clock as an amateur, yeah. but haven't been tested as a pro. Have you? What's your experience been well, tested? Well, I've, se- I've seen I've seen a lot of people saying that, and to be honest, I've been tested almost every single fight I've, right. I've boxed. So I haven't. Be- I've been randomly tested about since I've turned pro. I think I've been randomly tested three times, and that's uh, that's Yukara who's came to the the gym, mm. and uh, they've tested me. They've tested Josh Kelly. They've tested. Harlem Eubank and stuff and, uh, and Joe Joyce and stuff in the gym so there has been a bit more testing I think with me in terms because I'm always kind of the main event or high profile kind of fight so that's probably the reason I'm getting tested and maybe because I'm boxing in New York when you're boxing in New York it's kind of regulation everybody gets tested so um, yeah I've been tested enough a lot as a, as a pro in, in terms of the fights but random testing reg, uh, like out, out of camp no, uh, it's twice. Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be an issue, but we'll have to leave the last word on your fight, Mick, and that's the that's the big issue yeah. at hand. And it's going to be a sold-out arena and quite an occasion. What can fans expect that are going to be there or going to be tuning in? What are they going to expect on Saturday night? I feel, I feel you're going to see probably the best atmosphere boxing has ever experienced. And that's that's not even a lie. That's the truth. It's between then. It's going to be between ten and 12,000 people now. Um the seats are going up, so uh, it's it's unbelievable. I think it's going to be an amazing night of boxing, some fantastic fights, and I think you're going to see a, a common performance from me. All right, so Michael Conlon there, um, Andy, you're going to be at this one for BT. Are you excited? Big show? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's always a good atmosphere in Belfast, isn't it? You know, um, the last outdoor fight I did up there was with Conor Frampton against Kiko, the second fight, and that was wild. It was August as well, but... It was like one of the coldest, coldest, coldest nights that I was can remember. I can't record it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, hopefully you have a better, better time on the Falls Road. But, uh, no, looking forward to it. It's going to be a good card. From, from, there's some good fights on it from like Paddy Barnes and the comeback fight, really. be interesting to see what he does. Yeah. Crossroads fights for Steve Collins. Um, obviously, big fight for Lewis, uh, Luke Keeler. He's in, he's in tough, you'd, you'd think, wouldn't you? Yeah. He has home advantage, which can't be underestimated. Um, Lewis, uh, like Arias, has has been at a high level. He's mixed it with Jacobs and, and Rosado. So it's a big, like it's it's. Uh, you have to give Luke like credit, but I think he, this is the kind of fight he's wanted, always wanted. Yeah. And uh, if he can win this fight, 
it's a huge statement. You know, it puts himself right in the mix. So uh, we'll see how he goes. And we'll hear from we'll hear from Luke shortly. And just on the occasion itself, um, the, the nature of the big show, it's probably it's Collins of no stranger to it now, given he's fought at Madison Square Garden, had those big shows in Belfast already. But how difficult is it to compartmentalise almost uh, what's going on around you and just get focused on the actual fight? Because like, mm. all the hoopla outside the ring and yet you still have a man in there trying to take your head off it. Yeah, and I think there's also an issue when, when with Michael when he's in there and he's dominating guys and, uh, well, like at times he hasn't stopped them or, you know, and he probably, th- I, like I can remember like t- at times at, in big fights thinking, oh... The crowd, I hope the crowd are enjoying this. Or am I doing? You know, am I doing enough to entertain? But for Michael, it's important that he sticks to his sticks to his job, sticks to his game plan. Because uh, Ruiz is a good boxer. Oh, much of what, like the bits I've seen of him, he's quite accomplished. Twenty-one and two. He's on a ten-fight win streak. He's two years younger than Michael, so he'll be coming here full, like ready to do a job. I, I, he's definitely a game. Like he's he's a live dog in the fight. It's not like. It's definitely like a good test for Michael at this stage in his career. Michael just it shows where his mindset is at. I was asking about Nikitin there, and was he disappointed that that narrative fell off the card? And he was like, briefly, but as soon as, basically immediately, he went, just get me the next best guy. And they went and got a better guy. And it's something me and you have spoken about, that Nikitin, while the narrative was good, like Collins mm. streaked ahead of him in the, in the pro game. And it's, it was probably a bit of a mismatch. This is a more competitive and a better tester for Michael. Yeah, and it actually progressed him further in his career. By winning this fight, um, so like although he might be yeah, disapp- not disappointed, I wouldn't say it was probably never like that personal with him. He might have liked to got the fight back, but it would have been probably good for the average fan, not like the diehard fans, but for the diehard fans, this is actually a better, better yeah. fight. And and Ruiz is, is quite accomplished. He fights Southpaw, he fights Orthodox, and so it's another test for Michael and something else that he'll have to deal with in there. Yeah. And you mentioned fighting Southpaw and fighting Orthodox. It's something I mentioned to Michael there. And in his last fight, he came out in Southpaw, and I was just saying, is that something that's predetermined, or does he just have a look at his fighter and think, right, the Southpaw probably suits this better? And it is more of a fluid thing, as you might expect. And like how I remember, you might have been doing his first Olympics when he won the bronze medal. I think it might have been you, but someone on the RT panel was trying to like relay to the common viewer how difficult it is to be able to box the same way as a southpaw and an orthodox so basically saying it's like playing golf left-handed and right-handed it's, it's like not- anything you should be trying to brush it like anyone who tries to brush their teeth with their with their weaker hand it's but it's, <laughs> it's probably you know. more difficult than kicking a ball with both feet for example it's, it's like yeah, a whole different skill set on both sides isn't it? because it involves the whole body yeah. you know it involves the whole body um, it's not just one motion but yeah, Michael's pretty good at it isn't he you know he's probably he's, he's as good a switch hitter as I've seen in a while as anybody like he can mm. Yeah, he's very accomplished at both sides. Um, sometimes he's a lot more effective as a southpaw. Like I've watched Michael, I've watched a lot of Michael's fights, and I've said, I've spoken, like I said it to him and Jamie. Um, but the, when he's when he boxes basic, you know, basically, like, like when he just does the basic things, which is like, which is in his wheelhouse, which is what he's, which is his bread and butter. He's a lot more effective mm. when he just does simple jabs, one twos down the pipe. Sometimes he can do like. He tries it, or you see him on the pads doing twenty punch combinations, hooks, rolls, slips, step, you know, and that's it looks great. And when it comes off in a fight, it's spectacular. And he has pulled it off in times, but I, I would always encourage him to get back to his job, back to his basic boxing, especially in the fight with Jason Cunningham, which you'd say is probably his, his, his stiffest test so far. When he was boxing basic, he was he was dominating. Um, that would be so. I'm looking forward to seeing what he does now, if he can. If he stops Ruiz, which has never been done before, it must be said that Ruiz has never been stopped. It's a big statement, like, and he he he's kind of how can I say? He'll be on his way to becoming a, like a real not a superstar, but it's like you can talk like I'm talk, I'm using my words cautiously, but superstar. Yeah, Bob Aaron said he's top of the class and top rank, so that's yeah, just and because of his draw, you know, because of he's selling out like you know an outdoor arena, and he's this is his twelfth fight. Mm. You know, his kind of presence, his social media presence, and it, within the game, people always refer to him. You know, and he's only a, he's still only a prospect. So, um, like, I think he knows that, he, like, he needs a spectacular performance. Uh, but he's never in a dull fight, really. Even the fights that he's kind of won on points, they're always entertaining. So, um, 
and he's 18 months with Adam Booth and I remember when you spoke to him before the, the last fight in Madison Square Garden it was about uh, when you join up with Booth it's almost like going back to school and he makes you feel like you're starting from the bottom up but after 18 months that's probably like a sweet spot where you're kind of getting yeah. into each other's groove I just messaged Adam last week he said how's Michael how's he looking and he just said he's looking good it's time to put all the good stuff he does in the gym regularly into action and um, so that like I think they know that like within the camp there's a feeling that there's an expectation of Michael now so um, it's time for him, for him to live up to it yeah um, and and go on now and go on to the next step and show that he's world class yeah um, he spoke about you know fighting the best featherweights in the division already but some, sometimes even though he has a skill you have to do it in the ring and, and show, show, you, show that you're capable of that so We'll see what he does. And he's always been so forthright in his confidence going back to when he was a teenager winning those huge medals. And he basically making the point there that if he, he doesn't look overly at his opponent, like he'd leave that to Jamie and to Adam, but he just believes if he performs at his maximum that he's good enough to beat anyone in featherweight. So like, is there probably too much stock from people like me or other journalists who look at the tactics of the fight? Like, does, is Colin going in there looking at himself more than anything, thinking I have to perform to my highest level? Yeah, I think that, like most most fighters, if you have tactics, there are only one or two small things. You're always going to box within your style of your range of range of punches and start, like movement. And Michael, he's he's as a, he as a as an amateur, he was a classic boxer, wasn't he? he? Moved, punched, had great balance. But now he's kind of coming like in that Adam Bruce style, an aggressive counter puncher, a reflex fighter. Mm-hmm. So I, I think he'll always step out and do that. That will be his go-to from the start. Look at what... Have a look at Ruiz early on, see what he has, and try to drain him mentally. That's what Adam does a lot with his fighters. Put, put on pressure with, with their feet. Adam's fighters put on pressure with their feet. Never give their opponent a rest mentally. And so that slowly, as the rounds go on, they become more tired, more tired. Not so much what they're doing physically, but what they do, what's going on internally, that they don't have a moment's rest or... You know, just a breather. So, uh, I think Michael will, will do that, step out, and then see going down the stretch at around six, seven, and eight when Ruiz starts his tire. If he can get the stoppage, put the cherry on the cake. Yeah, and a very appetising fight should be a great occasion. I don't know if you've seen the social media pictures of what the arena is going to look like, but if the weather's good, it should be should be quite an occasion. And also at the top of the bill, Luke Healer, as you mentioned, the biggest fight of his career against tough Luis Arias. These were Luke's thoughts when I caught up with him earlier on. Yeah, I'll say I had a I had a great camp. Uh, I had some great sparring, and, and I have no complaints. I'm just just ready to go in and and perform, you know. Yeah, and um, another few months there of full time training. It's about a year now since you probably went proper professional full time. Are you feeling the benefit of that now? Just getting into the grills now. To be honest. Uh, I'm settling in, and, and uh, I think I'm improving each camp and. Uh, I'll need it in this fight, you know. It's it's going to be a step up. He's a technically good fighter, but uh, camp went great, and I'm I'm ready to do it, you know. Mm. And when we had you in studio last time, it seemed that the Rosado fight might have been on the horizon, and there was a bit of interaction with him on Twitter. Did that fight ever come close to fruition, or was it all sort of just pre-fight talk? Yeah, like it was. It was close to being made. I seen. I seen he had her up on the. I think he put up on his Instagram page a trip to oil in the head for uh, I think he was a bit far off in terms of money. He is a name, and there's, there's, there seems to be money in the in the middleweight division. So he, he didn't take it in the end. He probably asked for too much, but uh, Arias is on the same level mm. and a better record, and, and it, it puts me in the same position being him as Rosado. So like it make it makes no difference. To be honest, I think. Arias' style will be better. I think he's going to come forward more. Yeah. And uh, I know Rosado's known as a, as a as a tricky kind of uh, like he's known as a warrior more so. But I think uh, Arias will be more come forward. Yeah, and he's the task at hand. And Rosado's obviously a big name, but on paper, I'd say Arias is probably better. And a lot of people picked him when they drew that Arias probably won that fight. So. Are you expecting him to bring anything unusual to the table, or is it going to be what you've seen of him in the past, uh, what you've watched him of, of him on tape? Yeah, I think I think he'd be he'd be similar. You know, he, he he's a very technical fighter. I think he was like a, he was a top amateur, 
uh, and he has that pedigree. But I think I beat him, and he's not a particularly huge middleweight, and I'm feeling better than I ever did. And I, I know myself, like he's not, he doesn't have an incredible walk rate. He's just technically very good, catches shots well and comes back. He likes to come forward and be the bully, but I think I have uh, size and strength and I'll, 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 I'll get the win, you know? Mm. And I saw you saying that you've um, been working more on sustaining attacks and maybe that, you know, that killer's instinct almost. Have you changed things up much in camp compared to the uh, Cummings camp? Yeah, just as I said, that's what I wanted to walk on, just bigger walk rate and, and like I think it was maybe a mental thing when I was wa- when I was walking and, and training part time that I was kind of holding back maybe in fights worrying about my engine and, and my engine was always there I felt fresh in the ninth and 10th round but, but this time around I've just I've stepped up with walk rate uh, punch output and I'll show in this fight now uh, yeah. next week and uh, Arias is a brash enough guy. We saw him against Danny Jacobs and he was giving it the big one. Have you had much interaction with him before fight week or has it all been just the, the usual promotion? Yeah, no, there's no, there was no uh, noise from him. He, he seems to be uh, coy. I'm sure, I'm sure he'll, uh, he'll have something to say in the, the press conference on Thursday. they would be a good experience. But uh, like, I don't feed into it. I don't know whether he's going to try to get a, a mental edge on him. But uh, I don't think he'll walk on myself. But uh, no, it'll, be, it'll be a good experience. And... It is kind of a fight that it is war level, and and once I get through this, uh, my job is nearly done as a fighter, and, and I think my team are going to be looking at, at big fights from me, you know. Yeah, and just fighting in Belfast, you're no stranger to fighting up there. You're on the Windsor Park show and a couple of big shows at the Ulster Hall, but just looking at what this failure show is going to look like and Michael Conlon headlining and just a, a huge show and your chief support, you must feel a level of excitement for this one as well. Yeah, look, the, the venue looks amazing. Just seeing the they had drone footage of it, I think the, the crowd is going to be is going to be class. Like uh, that lift me, I'll be flown to the ring. I don't think this Irish guy will will uh, ever experience that like that Irish crowd. will be coming into good Irish music, and uh, I'd say uh, it'd be a shock to the system. I'm going to start well and and uh, and just notch up those rounds against them, you know. Yeah. And you mentioned the Irish crowd. You've boxed in Belfast, but a couple of times against Cummings, who would have been the home fighter, as it were. This time, you're going to be the home fighter. That must be a good boost as well. Yeah, and I always got great support, even after the Cummings fight, from from his fans and even like sponsors of him. And, and people came up and, and probably the way I behaved during the fights and afterwards. But I got great support from the Belfast public. So I'm expecting an even bigger support now. The fact that. Uh, he he's their way for you, you know. It, it is like a, a second home now, so uh, I'm expecting a, a good support, and, and and it does help when you're in there, you know. Yeah, and you're sixth in the WBO now, as you mentioned, and you know there's a bit of flux in the middleweight division. People aren't quite sure where they're going in terms of the champions. So it's probably it's not overstating it to say a win here puts you bang in contention for a world title fight soon. Without overlooking Arias, is that something that's on your mind? Yeah, look, I, I have to get the job done on Saturday, but I, I know myself and from talking with my team, like some of the fights that are there, like that that are struggling for opponents, and I just solidified that that position. He he's ranked in the WBC as well. I'll, I'll probably go up in the rankings at WBO. Like so, the, after this fight, it is any of the big names like Jacobs could be looking for a fight. Uh, like any of the names are there. I know Andrade is struggling for opponents. Uh, so it's all it's all open to the division. Canelo doesn't seem keen on, on Golovkin, so you never know what will happen after Saturday, you know. Mm. And uh, before I let you go, it's been a strange enough week for boxing. I was talking to Jason Quigley last night and Andy Lee, just a couple of tragedies in the ring, and then the doping stuff's coming back to the fore. You've always been quite a thoughtful person on the grand scheme of things, life and boxing, and your twin boys and all this kind of stuff. Has this week had uh, much of an impact on you, or have you thought about it much? Yeah, look, to be honest, I haven't given myself uh, time to think about it. You know, you don't, you don't want to be uh, thinking too much deeply into, into occurrences like that mm. during when you have a big fight coming up. But um, I'm sure, like, you'll allow, allow myself after a fight to think about it. But it is, it is, a, it is a risk 
you know, and uh, it's 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 a reason why it's a big reason why I, I, I like to just step up in levels and, and get out at the top. Like I'm not gonna hang around in this sport. Uh, that I think that's when the damage is done. Like uh, I think of a year, two years left uh, in me. Uh, even though I feel fresh and, and I'm enjoying things, but uh, it's not it's not a sport that you hang around in. Is it? I think you can only draw from the well so many times, and it does have a, a cumulative effect. Mm. So uh, I'll be in and out, but I, I haven't thought too much into it with, with five weeks. You know, it's it's not worth thinking about, but uh, it is something that that, that would play in your mind, you know. Mm. And we've spoken there about you stepping on the gas. Are you going to be going for the KO next week, Luke, or what kind of fight can the fans expect in Belfast? Yeah, it's just gonna, I'm going to be I'm going to be busier. And just step it up. Like I'm not going to look for a knockout. He's a technical good fighter. Like I'm not going to make mistakes. Uh, I'll be happy with the points win if the if, if the, the punches come and I land well and good. But uh, I'm happy to get a points win because I know after this is mega fights. You know, I, I, I seen actually Jason Quigley's interview. Uh, David just ourselves, and it, it's uh, it's kind of. His position and mine is a bit different. Like he went from the high performance straight over to like he he nearly has a more pressure on him, you know, mm. in terms of the of his boxing. You could you can I can understand the pressure on him, but I feel as if like I feel going into this fight, there's no pressure on me. I'm enjoying what I'm doing, uh, and I'm just kind of notch up to win and, and push on, you know, but. Uh, it was really, uh, really honest from from Jason. Yeah, he, he took on board what went wrong. He, he didn't make any excuses, and I'm sure it it is a well, what Andy said was a, a similar scenario with with I'm sure he he learned from that and come back strong. You know. Yeah, and similarly yourself, like having suffered defeat uh, midway through your career and have since bounced back to this high level. Like, did that defeat stand to you? Just the learnings you took from that, and you've managed to build to this stage in your career. Yeah, like absorb and learn from. I think it, I think if you carry a bit of an ego, some some guys I see the way they, they speak, they, they put it down. Or I was caught with a punch, and I might may even being guilty of that at the time of the door and fight dismissing the fact that I made so many mistakes. You know, you can be. I I could have at the time just said, "Ah, oh, look, I had him gone," and I rushed in and nearly dismissing the fact that. I was reckless and and the defense was bad, but uh, I noticed that with a couple of fighters coming out. After the feed, saying, "Oh, that's boxing," you know, not mm. actually grasping the fact that they're making the same mistakes over and over. So uh, it was good to see it shows intelligence from from Quigley that he knows he's four or five things to work on, and uh, I'm sure he'll come back for those reasons. You know. Yeah, and in terms of yourself, it should be a brilliant occasion and a brilliant fight next week, Luke. Best of luck, and hopefully we can catch up with you after the fight. Yeah, please, God, yeah. There you go, Luke Keeler, who's getting set for, as I said, the biggest test of his career. And when we had him in here, Rosado was the talk. That was the name that he was bandying around, and that was probably the fight that MTK and everybody wanted. But he's got Arias, who's probably lesser light slightly, but a tougher fighter, I would say. And the task remains the same, because they're both quite similar tasks at hand. And if Keeler was in and boxes to his best, he, he should get the win here. I don't even know if it's 50-50 fight. On paper, you have to favour Arias. He's been in with the better company, you know. Um, and there's always, like, a toughness and an extra bit of quality to American fighters because of the the depths, depth in the gym that they have, the competition and that that they go through. So, like, I think if Luke wins, it's it's a big result for him. I don't think, like, he's well capable of winning. Um, I'd love to see him win, but I think he's an underdog in this fight. You know, I don't I don't see it as... It's <laughs> interesting. Think, yeah, I think he's an underdog in the fight. Luke's Luke's proven like that he's a class operator. You know, there's two wins over Conrad Cummins, but that's Conrad Cummins. You know, this guy's a different animal. Yeah. You know, he's yeah, he's come through the New York system, so he would have been the New York Golden Gloves. He's a U.S. amateur, so he's he knows what he's doing. Like he's been in there with Jacobs and wasn't wasn't embarrassed. He got he lost the fight clearly, but he wasn't embarrassed. He was competing. So um, we've said like the old cliches: there are levels, and this is a different level. Yeah, and. Um, like it would be one of the, one of the best results I think in in a while for an Irish fighter if Luke if Luke can pull it off. But he's well capable of it. Like I'm sure that he's I, I'm not sure like what he's done differently in his in his preparation. But um, 
he'll have to do everything better, you mm. know, and, and repeat it and repeat it. But he's, he's shown he can do that against Conor Cummins, fight to a game plan and sustain it. So um, we'll we'll see how he goes. Mm. But I would have thought like the chasm between Keeler and Cummings, like he outclassed them comfortably in both of those fights. And what impressed me most about him recently is that he's he's able to mix it kind of anyway mm. like he, he can box at distance very accomplished in that and then if you want to get inside with him he can do that too whereas Arias I think is a little bit more one dimensional if Luke can keep it at distance I think he should be able to outbox him but that's going off the Rosado fight and the Danny Jacobs fight who's obviously in a different conversation to the guys we're talking about here but I don't know it should be, it's a 50-50 but I think if Luke boxes to his best he, he should get the win especially at home and it's probably novelty for him to go to Belfast and be the home fighter people will be cheering for him and not, not the other guy so um, oh, it's a great card like it's uh, yeah. 10 Irish fighters on the card it's going to be a great night looking forward to seeing Dennis McCann too the young, young fighter um, from England good young prospect I, I really I've seen his last two fights so he's good yeah, good kid BT are going full board and it's on ESPN as well so it's a great showcase for all the lads uh, on Friday night on Sky uh, next gen card headlined by Anthony Fowler who's back after first loss of his career and that was a, an upset in itself against Brian Rose, who had retired and now is back. And it's, a, it's just a veteran sort of test for Federer. Probably a good name to get in his record, and he needs to bounce back. Yeah. You can only see the fight going one way, you know, can't you? That's for Fowler. I think he'd be hungrier. He'd be wiser from the defeat. Um, and although Rose is a veteran, you don't see him being that kind of hardened veteran that can... You know, drain a young fighter out and take him. You know, take him into the deep water. Yeah, he's never really shown that in his in his previous fights. So, yeah, it's it's a good comeback fight for him, I think, for Fowler. Um, and can he get Fitzgerald back in the ring? Because it would be good. Good, there would be good, there is like it would be a nice little fight again. You know, it's funny it. when you mentioned Vera was reluctant to get back in with mm. you, as if Fitzgerald. The last thing he's going to do is give Fowler that shot back straight away. Like he's yeah. probably going to try and build himself, and like he's. Ted Cheeseman, I think that's the fight they're going to make for the for the title. So that'll be, like in itself, a good clash of styles and an interesting fight. Um, the headline or the main attraction in that bill, Andy, I think you'll agree. Lewis Ritson is back. Uh, he's fighting Joe Hughes, but Joe Hughes actually is off the card yeah, as of this morning. Yeah, so I don't know. So it's going to be a TBA or TBC, whoever that fighter yeah, is. But you'll be tuning in anyway. Exactly. So uh, <laughs> highlight reel of British boxing. Um, and then in the heavyweights, Adam Kernaki's back as well. So again, another name in this heavyweight division. Uh, that probably doesn't look the part much like Andy Ruiz, but he can he can really fight and yeah. he's a wild card in the yeah, division. Yeah, he's a wild card in the division. Um, what did you what did you think of the big fight in the weekend in America? Booker Ramirez, yeah, we mentioned Tevin Farmer, so he was co-feature. And the most refreshing thing about that fight was a cross-platform, the zone guy against the top-ranked guy, unification, two undefeated fighters, put it all on the line, and it was a really good fight. Like. We talked about psychology there a couple of times, and Hooker getting dropped in the first round for something that wasn't a knockdown. How can that not affect you? Like you're yeah. chasing the fight from the start. You know you've been wronged here, and he probably was fighting outside his game plan a little bit. Yeah, it was hard. It kind of got. I think he was like a bit of like a rabbit in the headlights or something, wasn't it? He just didn't settle into it, and then before he knew it, Jittery. he was dropped. You know, and he was rocked before that, and he looked a bit like I don't know, unsteady legs from the start, and looked like. We mentioned the glaze behind the eyes, but even before the fight, it was kind of like just just didn't take it in. That's that can happen when you fight at home, and when you when you like we know you're walking out, there's all these familiar faces, and you're like, oh yeah, and then before you know, oh I'm in a fight here, you know what I mean? Like you know, what I mean? the bell's ringing. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, but like it was a good fight. He fought hard. He went down fighting. Yeah. He fought hard, but it was a good stoppage. And Ramirez like showed his class, and I really liked the performance. And what what I think was one of the biggest assets that he had was his footwork you know um, if you watch the first round he comes out and he's bouncing on his feet he's, he's got really lively feet and what that does is set up your set your rhythm but uh, like if you've got fast lively feet then you're going to have fast lively hands where Hooker was more more plotted more low, and his punches were coming out you know yeah. it's more stationary as well more more, more stiffer and um, that like he, he that was the base like the foundation for all these attacks was, was that bounce in his feet and he continued that for the fight and like he's kind of filling the like we've like there's been a void of a, like a really tough come forward aggressive Mexican fighter hasn't he for a while like you know Margarita 
Antonio Margarita might have been the last one. I'm sure there's been a few, but there hasn't been a really like dominant world champion, aggressive Mexican fighter. Like we've had, obviously, we've had all the boxers of like, obviously, Canelo now, Marquez. Um, there's probably another one or two. Brandon Rios at a lower level, maybe, but yeah, I know, I know, I know yeah, what you mean. But even with Rios, it was more, he would come for, like, you know, that kind of like Chavez esque style, you know, yeah. senior. I was. So I'm looking forward to see, like, it was a really, really good performance by him, and. To both, like I, I like to see a good fight in six rounds. This yeah. is the perfect time. It is, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, there's enough action there. You get to see both guys, and like, yeah, let's get out of here early. Like, let's <laughs> fight over it. Yeah. Now it was class, and some, like you probably speak better than than anyone about this. Just the that middle distance they were fighting at the whole time. Like you have to, you're, you're just in range, but you're not inside, so you yeah. can't rest. It just and it suited Ramirez. Like and like. Hook couldn't really. Uh, uh, he was too too reactionary, wasn't he? He was just like too passive in a lot of the yeah. the exchanges or the initiating who punches first. You know, he kind of was put on the back foot from the start and never really found himself in the fight. Although he did fight well in spots, it was always like in 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 response to what Ramirez had done previous to that. So um, he'd probably kick himself a little bit that if he watched the fight that he didn't step step back from the start and take it to Ramirez and try and put it on him. But that's the, that's the way the fights go, isn't it? Sometimes that I, I do believe the occasion, probably the hometown fighting in his hometown, having all those fans and support there, did affect him. Mm. And Ramirez like saw the gap, like he saw the cha- the opening and finished mm. the fight straight away. Like he just jumped right in. He, the door was slightly open. And he just kicked the door down. Yeah, and there was that moment that you see it often in fights where Hooker took the fight. Took the punch, he's hurt, and he's almost embarrassed that he's had, kind of like had a little smile yeah. as he's getting like yeah. <laughs> as he's taking shots, like you know. But uh, uh, there was no, it was nice. It was a good fight. It lived up to that to to expect, if not exceeded the expectation. Yeah. And also, both men conducted themselves before and after the fight the way boxers should do. So it was a good fight and a reminder of what's great about boxing and a great refereeing as well. We should say for the week that was in it, he didn't no one no, drew no one drew punishment. When he was straight in and. Yeah. Even Hooker after the fight was like sitting there with his kids, and he was like, "I'm happy. The referee did did me good there." Um, and the 140 division, like Terence Crawford unified it recently. It's always been loaded, and Taylor Progray later this year mm. they're going to unify, and then conceivably in six months' time we're going to have another unification at that division. So it's, yeah. it's loaded with talent. Then there's probably a will for them to get together because they want the big fights. They want like you know, the the thing is with with all this money in boxing now for ESPN for the Zone and. Wherever, wherever it may be, um, there's a willingness for the fighters to fight each other because that's where the money is. You know, before you could fight like on your network and fight lower lesser guys, and because you were kind of signed into that network, you would kind of make a living. But now the big money is in the stream. They want the big fights, like yeah. you see ESPN and top and the zone coming together to to, produce, to promote that fight. So. I think it's, it's it looks good for boxing. You know, that's a good. It's almost like the transfer market where um, Bob Arum gave Eddie Hearn Ramirez for this fight, but in return, Lamachenko is getting to fight on Sky, and there's just a few different things like that. So, um, we should mention Javante Davis before we go. Uh, Tevin Farmer in the same division, and they've been sort of dancing around each other a little bit. I'm sure Davis has big plans, and but he did go back to Baltimore for this fight, drew a nice crowd, and. It's, it is important for these fighters, you see it with Crawford back in Omaha, that even though they're, they want to fight in Vegas and Madison Square Garden, to tap into that home market. And that's where the money is as well. Yeah, and it's just for yourself, and so many more benefits to find a home because whenever you retire, people will remember those fights, you know, and, and you can walk down the street and people, you meet people and they'll remind you of it or. No, you might go into his shop and get a free suit or something. <laughs> so we'll see. No, but it's good. It's always good to have a good home base. That's probably the important thing about Irish boxers at the moment. You can't can't build a fight here. Mm. There's no fights, insurance reasons, whatever. But um, hopefully that can change sometime in the future. Yeah. Well, that's a better lot for this weekend. Be any other business? No, looking forward to getting up to Belfast now on Saturday. We'll have a good road trip. What's the playlist? Have you got a Spotify playlist? No, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Trish Dixon's like Boxing Life stories. Oh, yeah. Have you listened to them of those? Get on to that if you want. We'll listen to it on the way up. We'll yes. be listening to ourselves anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, so looking forward to Belfast and we'll be recapping that show and Carl Frampton's back in action so we'll be previewing that one as well. Until then though, it's goodbye from us. <laughs>